welcome to another episode of G Squared Talking Sports, where it's one man's opinion from the ins and outs of the sports world. We got a great show for you tonight. Tonight we're going to talk about obviously the NBA playoffs are getting in full swing. We got some of the first round matchups already ending. The other ones are close to ending. We have some tight, tight uh, first round matchups. We got other ones that were expected. So we're going to get into the NBA playoffs. We give you a little rundown on the Major League uh, Baseball action and uh, so far what I think of what I've seen. And uh, also going to talk a little bit about the NFL draft that's coming up here on Thursday. Just uh, go over uh, kind of like the top 10 picks, just uh, a little analysis of what I've heard and what I think might happen tomorrow, uh, excuse me, on Thursday uh, in, in the NFL draft. And then a couple other just... Uh, not rants, but, you know, some of the things I've been observing, uh, especially through social media, you know, uh, first thing, uh, just all these uh, era debates and uh, all that, so I'll get into it at the end, my last segment, so sit back and uh, enjoy another episode of uh, G-Squared Talking Sports. Welcome back, G-Squared Talking Sports. Let's get right into it and uh, let's look at some of this MLB action that's been going on. we got a couple of teams that have started out of the gate kind of hot. One of them is the Boston Red Sox. Um, as much as I do not like the Red Sox being a Yankee fan, i got to give them their props right now. They have started out pretty well. They uh, jumped out, obviously uh, trying to make up for last season, where even though they made the playoffs last year, they ended kind of with the thud there at the uh, getting eliminated in the first round. So, you know, we have the 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 Red Sox jumping out to a good start. The, the, the reigning champs, the Astros, they're playing good ball uh, right there, even though the, and also the Angels out of the West, they're playing good, good baseball. Uh, they're definitely uh, trying to make up for last season and having a below 500 overall record. I know they want to get, or fans want to see Mike Trout in the playoffs, so it'd be nice to see uh, the Angels kind of maybe make it to, to, the, to the playoffs to see a great player like Mike Trout there. So we have we have some good good baseball so far, uh, some some good baseball action. So let's get right into it tonight, and uh, we'll do the the, the rundown. So uh, first off, we had the New York Yankees. Uh, they beat the the Minnesota Twins eight to three. Yankees, uh, you know, they they going on here on a little streak. I believe they won four in a row, and their record is now thirteen and nine. Of course, in New York, that's that's like the with the skies falling and and everything else. But as we know, baseball is a very long season, and and I see the the Yankees being all right. The Twins, uh, they had a couple of years there. Well, actually, they you know they made the playoffs last year. Paul Molitor's first year, but it's kind of hard to win in Minnesota, even though they have a new stadium. Um, Baseball is just a tough sport, it seems like, for these uh, small market teams. Uh, you know, we had the Royals a couple years ago uh, have a good run. They won the World Series. But, again, it's, it's just tough for these small market teams uh, ultimately to sustain a, a good run. Um, you know, we had, the, um, we had the Seattle Mariners in a pitcher's duel. They beat the uh, Chicago White Sox 1-0. This is kind of like uh, two teams that, that aren't really predicted to to do much, especially the White Sox right now, they're five and fifteen, so it looks kind of like a lost season in Chicago. Mariners, I mean, you never know. Uh, they got decent pitching with uh, King Felix, Hernandez, and uh, Paxton, and so forth. But in that division, I mean, cream of the crop is the Astros, and then you got the the Angels. So it'll be tough for the Mariners to to win the division, let alone try to try to get uh, the wild card there. But they they did win today, one nothing. Uh, the the uh, Chicago Cubs they go back to Cleveland the side of where they uh, they broke the streak and won the World Series two years ago and they beat the uh, the Indians ten to three the win improves the Cubs to eleven and nine the loss drops the Indians to twelve and nine so once again uh, two clubs that are uh, expected to contend they should be there at the end their divisions aren't as strong I mean obviously you got the Indians with the division with the White Sox the Tigers um, the Royals. So, 
even though the, the Indians have not been playing good baseball, I, I don't see them not winning that division. And same with the Cubs. Cubs do have to contend with the Cardinals every year, but um, I, I see the Cubs winning that division. So, But once again, the Cubs return back to Cleveland and, and get the victory today. The Cincinnati Reds, they get a, a victory, which is few and far in between. They do knock off the Atlanta Braves 9-7. to The win improves I guess, I guess if you want to call it an improvement, but it improves the Reds' record to 5-18. and The loss drops the Braves to 12-10. and Again, another team that's kind of playing for the future in Cincinnati. Um, but the, the Atlanta Braves, kind of a surprise. They are in the NL East. Um, they got the Mets um, there to pick to win it, but the Braves are playing good ball. They're a young club. They just moved into their new stadium, so they're trying to build, they're trying to build something there in Atlanta, and they're off to a good start. At least get the fans there excited for the summer, and hopefully they're contending in September. The Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, they continue to play good baseball. They knock off the Philadelphia Phillies, uh, and they win 8-4. to four. The win improves the Diamondbacks to 16-6, and six, and the Phillies are actually also another team. Kind of surprising, that loss drops them to 14-8. and eight. You know, everybody was making fun of Gabe Kapler at the beginning of the year for the mistakes he was making as a, as a, as a manager, but, you know, you... First-year manager, you're going to make mistakes. I, I, I just always find it interesting how we're so quick to jump on people for their you know, first couple of days on the job making mistakes. And just imagine if they did that in our, our daily lives and the jobs that we have right now in our first couple of days. Someone's there looking at it and posting it all over, not just the media, but now social media and that you made a mistake. Of course, they're going to make mistakes, but when you're a manager of a major league base, baseball club, you're, they're going to be magnified. But it looks like the Phillies are... They obviously believe in their manager. They're off to a great start at home. They're nine and two, and again, they're they're fourteen and eight overall. The Diamondbacks, they're they're playing good baseball. They they played good baseball last year. They got the pitching, and right now with the Dodgers, uh, you know, scuffling, you got the Giants, um, not really picked to to do much. So if the Diamondbacks can continue to playing like this, um, they can you know they can at least hopefully contend for a wild card, but possibly win that division. Uh, the you know stop the presses, but the Red Sox lost. They've actually lost uh, three out of the last four games, which for the Red Sox, that is a losing streak. But the loss drops them to 17-5. and five. They lose to the Toronto Blue Jays 4-3. to three. The win improves the Blue Jays' record of 14-8. and eight. Again, uh, when they 162 games, you're going to have a stretch where you're going to win, go on a stretch where you might win, you know, like the Red Sox did, 17-19. of 19. But then again, it could easily turn around you know, where you lose, you know, 10-12. of 12, Or it's just baseball is a weird game and momentum. Momentum is, you know, they always say it always switches jerseys and, um, it's a, you know, a long season, a couple of injuries. And, again, I know they broke the uh, the streak many years ago. They've done it a couple of times, but it's always good to see, you know, or something happen to the Red Sox. So I'm not wishing any anything bad about them. But as a Yankee fan, you know, I, I do like to see them lose uh, more often than not. So um, the Oakland Athletics, they get a win. They knock off the Texas Rangers. Three to two, with the win, the the Athletics they improved to thirteen and eleven, and the Rangers dropped to eight and seventeen. So one of the other teams there, uh, the Rangers, uh, scuffling. Uh, interesting though, they got a couple you know young guys, good talent, a couple uh, decent veterans, but um, it just looks like a rebuilding time right now in Texas. Oakland actually surprising, thirteen and eleven. You always think obviously the movie Moneyball when you think of Oakland, Billy Bean, but he seems to always have a you know do a good job. Unfortunately, it seems like. They're like a farm system for the other big clubs, and as soon as they get a player that is good enough to get a big contract, it, it always seems like another team comes in and takes that player, and they're back at square one. But uh, Oakland's playing good ball, and I'm happy for those fans up there in Oakland, uh, especially you know my nephew and my niece who, who do like the, uh, the A's, and they're big Oakland fans because that's where they live. So uh, shout-out to my nephew and niece, Emmy and Asher. How you doing? And uh, now we got, uh, you know, uh, we got the Brewers. They get knocked off uh, 15, uh, excuse me, they knock off the Kansas City Royals 5-2. to two. The win improves the Brewers to 15-9, and nine, and the loss drops the Royals to 5-16. and 16. Quite a turnaround there on the opposite end for the Royals. They're a couple years removed from the World Championship and another run to the World Series, and now it seems like they're back to being the Royals that a lot of us, you know, remember, uh, which is unfortunate because I'm sure the fans were, we're very excited for that little run that they had, but um, looks like tough times have returned to Kansas City in baseball. 
the Brewers actually playing good ball. Again, it's another small market team, but uh, they always seem to be hanging in there in, in, in the Central Division. Even though you got the Cubs and you got the uh, the Cardinals, uh, they they should be they should be right there at the end of the, at the end of the day, or you know contending. They got some they got some young talent there. They got some pop. Still got Ryan Braun, and uh, their pitching is decent enough. So they 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 should be uh, at least uh, come September contending. A couple games got rained out. You had the Tampa Bay Rays rained out in Baltimore, um, and also the Detroit Tigers rained out in Pittsburgh. So uh, there's a couple, you know, other games going on right now, but, um, you know, baseball, who knows when those games will end. But, again, it's a long season, so everybody gets all excited, you know, whether a guy, guy starts out hot or doesn't start out hot or teams start out hot and then, then they get cold. It's You really want to focus on baseball right around the end of August, early September, and that's where you want to gauge how your team is playing because that's, that's where teams are not only are they calling up uh, they're calling up people from the farm system, but they're also making the last-minute waiver wire, wire deals and trying to get players uh, that pass through waivers and get their rosters set for the playoffs. And that's when you want to be playing good ball. So, but I've also seen you know teams go into the playoffs with with bad records, and all of a sudden they just figure it out and they they, they end up winning the World Series. So it's it's not an exact science, but again, you just want to play good enough ball in baseball. You want to go 500 on the road. And then obviously uh, win the majority, hopefully of your your home games, and then you're looking all right. But it's just getting in like anything else. You get into the playoffs, and it's anybody's game at that point. So we got we got a long way to go with baseball, and I'm excited. I like baseball, and uh, I think it's going to be a fun season. So uh, when we come back, uh, I'm going to get into these NBA playoffs and what I think about the the first round series, and um, also what I think about these you know, so-called fights uh, that everybody talks about, that, that I hear about. So uh, sit back, and uh, when we come back, we'll get into that NBA action. You're listening to G-Squared, Talking Sports. All right. Welcome back, G-Squared, Talking Sports. Let's get right into these uh, NBA playoffs. But before I get started on the games uh, last night and tonight, just want to you know, talk about these uh, so-called fights that keep breaking out in these games. And then I, you know, I, I click on uh, Sports Center, or if I'm watching a game, I'm, I'm looking for these fights. And it's all it is is just a little scrum. I just, if you want to see some fights, and again, I'm not advocating for fights. I don't think it belongs, but. Let's not let's not also you know glory. Let's not call it a fight and do disservice disservice to some of these uh, NBA vets that used to actually throw down. If you I don't know if you've ever seen some maybe old YouTube videos or if you're old enough to remember some of these. Especially I am. I grew up watching in the '80s, and I mean you had real bench clearing brawls. Uh, you had guys coming off the bench, guys just ready to throw down, not even talking. Now they just talk a lot. You know they're woofing and. They're, they're just you know, getting each other's faces. You might have some pushing. You have the occasional, occasional, maybe fight. But if you look at those, you know, the videos from the 80s, you had guys fighting and then uh, just basically told to go to their corner and then come back and play. But, again, not not not, not right and fights shouldn't happen because you should be competing. But let's not, you know, go, let's not talk like these guys are, are these tough guys that are going around fighting because – most of these guys are, are either friends or, or they know each other through the age circuit growing up. So, um, and I think some of these, even these rivalries, I think they're just more, you know, made up or uh, by the media because they need something. But, you know, you got the whole Lance Stevenson and LeBron rivalry and, and all that. But, I mean, if you want to talk again, you go back rivalries. You, you had like Barkley and pretty much, uh, and pick, take, you know, take take your choice. He had Lambeer. He used to fight with him all the time. He's fought with, he fought with the Celtics. But th that's another guy, Bill Lambeer. I mean, he had a rivalry with everybody. He seemed to fight. And so, I think some of this is more for television, or they gotta, you know, get, have a storyline. And but I, I think a lot of these guys are friends, or they're just a, they're 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 more acquaintances, and and it's just uh, they they share agents and. It's a different different game, and I, I I just I just always find it funny. Like the other day, there was supposed to be a fight in the uh, in the uh, Bucks game, you know, against Celtics, and all it was was just like a little little you know pushing and shoving, and 
and all that, and everybody gets all excited. But I digress, you know. But let's, let's get let's get let's get into these games, and we got some some action. You know, we, we still got one game going on right now. We got the uh, Golden State Warriors. You know, they're in action right now against the San Antonio Spurs. They're actually trying to wrap up that series, and uh, they're up <clears throat> right now. They're up on the Spurs, uh, 49-38, to 38, and it uh, just looks like uh, the, the third quarter is just starting. So, again, the, uh, the, um, the Golden State Warriors are looking to wrap up that series 4-1 to one and try to get at least some rest for, for Steph and the fellas because they're going to have a tough second-round matchup for the... Uh, against the New Orleans Pelicans now that, you know, we saw what happened in their series. But, uh, you know, uh, you also, uh, today we had a couple, we had one series end. You had the Philadelphia 76ers. They knocked off the Miami Heat 104-91. to Again, this was a, uh, this was a surprise. Uh, not that, not that Philadelphia won, that I think that they won in five games. Uh, I thought, I thought Miami would, would at least uh, win two, possibly three, maybe push the game, push it to game seven, but... Looks like Philadelphia might be the real deal, and uh, the way you know Cleveland's looking right now, they, they they might make it all the way into the Eastern Conference Finals. So, again, everybody talks about the process, and some are Sam Hinkie smiling because all that tanking is now paying off. But again, um, they haven't played, you know, they haven't they haven't won they haven't won anything. But I guess in Philadelphia, this is a huge huge sign. And how about Philly sports? I mean, you had uh, Villanova winning it all. In college basketball, you had the, um, and then you had the uh, the Eagles, and now you possibly have the Sixers. So, good, good, good time to be a Philly sports fan there. Uh, in, obviously, in Philly, and then you have a uh, Boston knocking off the Mil Milwaukee Bucks, ninety-two to eighty-seven, pretty low-scoring affair. But now Boston goes up three-two. They go back to Milwaukee. Um, a lot of people expected uh, this series to go seven, including myself. So I, I do believe Milwaukee wins. Uh, game six in this series will, will, will be a game seven. And so far, uh, the home team has won every game in that series. So, I mean, um, you got to expect possibly for, for Milwaukee to win just, just to the trend. But, again, you never know. Um, the, the you know, the, the Celtics, they are missing a lot of their key veterans. So, it, it, I, I don't know, like, for a lot of them, this is the first time uh, learning how to close out a team. And they always say that that's always the hardest victory, the last one game. You know, obviously, game four of a seven-game series. So, we'll see if the young the young Celtics can go on the road and close out that series. If not, there will be a game seven, probably sometime this weekend. Uh, yesterday, we had uh, some series go. Uh, you know, go three-one. The first one was Houston knocking off Minnesota. The Houston was back to being the Rockets, and they knock off Minnesota one nineteen to one hundred. Uh, you know, Minnesota came out, which I thought game three, backed by their home crowd, first time ever. Not excuse me, not first time ever, but first time in a long time, making the playoffs. So they got jacked up and they came out and they they did beat the uh, the Rockets, which I thought the Rockets were going to come out a little sluggish, and they did. But looks like they they fixed some stuff there in the lab and they came out and they won by 19. So Houston goes up 3-1. They go back home, looking to wrap up that series 4-1. Another one which I wasn't surprised again. I, I picked Utah to win the series, but I didn't think again it was going to be 3-1 at this point, but. Uh, they go up 3-1 against the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, you know, you, that, that's that's big. Uh, going back to Oklahoma City. So Oklahoma City is going to look to avoid to losing uh, and, and ending their season on their home court and trying to take it back to um, to Utah. But uh, it'll be it'll definitely be, uh, be interesting how that series goes. But, um, you know... One of the one of the main storylines that that not a lot of people are talking about. If you, there's a team that, that that is actually very happy that a lot of this, what's happening in the playoffs right now, and that and that's the Lakers, because you know we know that they've been tied to Paul George or that he has he has interest to come to the Lakers. Now we're hearing when that Kawhi Leonard. Um, but if you look at the teams in the playoffs with players that they're linked to, you got Oklahoma City. They possibly might lose this series four one, and uh, sounds like you know playing with Russ. Russell Westbrook, even though he's a great player, uh, may not always be the easiest thing. And also playing with Carmelo Anthony, even though Paul George right now is saying all the right things and he loved to stay in Oklahoma City. That that that's one storyline that's going to play out. We'll see if they flame out. Uh, the other one is um, obviously the other one is LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Everybody wants uh, Cleveland to lose that series, 
first time ever LeBron would lose in the first round, and that would only expedite his departure from Cleveland, and we're hoping that his flight lands in L.A. and that he becomes a Los Angeles Laker. So if you're a Laker fan, you you got you to gotta say not being in the playoffs is obviously bad, and it feels it feels terrible not being able to watch the team, but I guess the second best thing is, is watching the teams that we have players that are linked to uh, the Lakers uh, actually flame out in the first round. So that that's actually what we want. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, that that is the uh, the NBA rundown. And um, we'll be back talking a little NFL football. You're listening to G Squared Talking Sports. <laughs> All right, welcome back. Let's get uh, into this segment here about the uh, NFL draft coming up. I'm going to get into um, what I think of the top 10 uh, picks might be. And uh, we do know that the quarterbacks are a big, big talk, especially in the, the early picks. There's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks, um, especially they need quarterbacks now, not ones that are going to sit. So it'll be interesting. You got you got the group of, of quarterbacks in uh, Baker Mayfield, uh, you have um, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, and then you also have Josh Allen. So it's it'll be interesting. Of course, y'all, uh, sorry, on the Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, you could have quite possibly five quarterbacks taken in the first round, with three or four in the top ten. So it, it again, it all depends um, what teams need. And you also have Saquon Barkley. His name has uh, been uh, thrown out there as possibly also going number one. So uh, that that's that's a name to watch out for. You got a couple of defensive players. You got Bradley Chubb out of uh, NC State. He's looking to go high, possibly uh, forward to you know to the Browns. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, you also have some uh, other names like Derwin James, a DB out of Florida State. He's uh, looking to be top ten. Quentin Nelson. Now this guy is uh, he's an offensive lineman, but a lot of people are you know they're already comparing him to Hall of Famer Orlando Pace. So. Uh, that's that's you know tough to, to pass up on you know if you're a team like the Chicago Bears, who you know got your quarterback of the future, you do uh, you got a good running back in Tariq Cohen, um, so you know this is uh, could be a protection for Mitch Trubisky for years to come, so that could be a possibility, so that that's somebody to look out for, uh, you know you, of course you got some SEC products, we got some guys that we saw playing in the playoffs, Roquan Smith, the linebacker out of Georgia, out of Georgia. He, uh, you know, he's looking uh, to go top ten as well, and then uh, you got a couple cornerbacks, uh, Denzel Ward out of Ohio State. So, we'll 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 talk about you know again the the picks, uh, where I think some of these guys may fall. But it's first of all, you never know because the Browns are picking number one. So everybody could be saying that it's player A, but then all of a sudden the Browns will come and they'll say well, not not player B. They'll take like player F, somebody that nobody nobody's even thinking about. Uh, they were the only team that drafted Johnny Manziel, even though everybody knew not to draft them. So you never know with the Browns, but it looks like they got new new, new leadership there. Some uh, John Dorsey um, that comes from uh, Kansas City. So uh, they, they do have a good foundation there. So, um, you know, being a Pittsburgh fan, uh, I don't, you know, it's always been two wins on the Steelers schedule for the last about five years. But uh, the Cleveland Browns seem to be on the right track. But. Again, it's not an exact science because if you look at it in the history of the NFL, uh, history of the NFL, there's only been 14 players that have gone on to be Hall of Famers that have been drafted number one. So it's not it's not a guarantee. You know, you, uh, the most recent one was Orlando Pace uh, was drafted number one in 1997. He's he's actually he's gone into the Hall of Fame. You had Troy Aikman drafted number one in 1989, Dallas Cowboys. Bruce Smith. Taken number one overall uh, in 1985 by the uh, Buffalo Bills. John Elway, of course, famously held out, told the Baltimore Colts at the time, I will not play for you guys, and ended up threatening to sign with the Yankees, but then was traded to the uh, Denver Broncos, and the rest was history. But he was drafted number one in 1983. He had the big guy, Earl Campbell, uh, great, great running back. Uh, he went to the, at that time, Houston Oilers in 1978. Another one, uh, defensive uh, defensive player Leroy Selman he went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers number one in 1976, and then the Steelers they started uh, 
their run there in the 70s, and it kind of started with some of their draft picks, and one of them was Terry Bradshaw, who was drafted number one in 1970. O.J. Simpson, again, a name that uh, now has a different meaning there, but he was drafted number one in 1969. Ron Yeri, 1968. Buck Buchanan, 1963. Then you had uh, Paul Hornig, uh, 1957. Defensive lineman, one of the guys, they said one of the original tough guys in the NFL, Chuck Bendarek, 1949. I said that guy was tough as nails uh, when he was playing. Then uh, going to the 40s there, we have Charlie Trippi in 1945, and then Bill Dudley drafted number one in 1942. So there you go. I mean, yeah, everybody thinks, you know, you draft number one, you got it, but we've seen a lot of busts on uh, that other hand. You know, thinking recently, you got, you know, obviously uh, you had uh, Jamarcus Russell, Tim Couch, um, you've had many, many, many busts in the first round, and the on the flip flip end, you had um, also you know guys that have been found in the sixth round, arguably possibly the greatest quarterback ever to play, Tom Brady, found in the sixth round, and you also had like for example the Steelers drafted Antonio Brown in the sixth round. So um, you never know, uh, you never know what what these players are going to be until you, you know until you put your pad on pads on. So that's why like you know I'll watch the draft and. Yeah, like I like to read up on who my team my team drafts, but it's not like you you don't know. Um, I love how all these fans they freak out when their team drafts a certain guy. It's like you know you again you don't know until they start playing. So there's there's like really no need. So uh, you know like well let's get let's get into that. So right now let's go uh, let's get right into the uh, NFL draft. All right, here we go. Let's get into. Uh, what everybody kind of thinks what, what's going to happen here in the uh, the draft coming up here Thursday. The draft is going to be held in uh, Dallas this year. Kind of been switching up and been moving it around. So, you know, um, again, number one pick is owned by the Cleveland Browns. They have a few things, to, uh, they, you know, a few positions they want to look at, but the main one they want they want is a quarterback. So all reports right now is that Sam Darnold is going to be the number one pick. But, again, it's the Browns, so... Um, even though it says Sam Darnold right now, uh, they could come out of come out of nowhere uh, and pick somebody else. Uh, reports lately have also been they they like Baker Mayfield. A lot of teams are high on him, so um, I think the, they they do actually uh, they go they go and they get um, they get Sam Darnold. He seems to be like what everybody's saying. Uh, he's the most polished quarterback and has has the bright future. But so it looks like uh, Sam Darnold. Probably going to be going number one. You know, number two, you got the New York Giants. Now, again, another team that's an interesting position because you got uh, you, you get you have Eli Manning, who last year it looks like they wanted him out, but benching him for one game, and then they brought him back. Ended up firing the the coach McAdoo. So, um, you know, it depends here. You you could see maybe the Giants trading out and uh, getting some picks, but. Everybody was thinking that Eli Manning was on his way out, so they would pick a successor. But, you know, one way that you can uh, add to his career is by giving him a running game. And that's where a lot, a lot of teams, you know, a lot of GMs or, and a lot of people around the NFL are thinking that Saquon Barkley will be the second pick overall. Um, now, if the Giants do decide to trade out and they trade with somebody that does need a quarterback, that would that could that could shake it up. And, you know, you could see possibly uh, the, the Browns actually benefit. Then you get the Browns getting their quarterback of the future and then their running back of the future in Saquon Barkley at number four. But I, th I think the the Giants play it safe. Uh, you know, they, they want to maybe go back to a little, not necessarily the old Scott, you know, the old school Bill Parcells way with, you know, Otis Anderson and so forth. But you get a good running back. And, uh, again, you have, you have a quarterback that's accurate like Eli. You know, he's not the most exciting um, guy, you know, you could – you can add to his career, and then you can always find your, your possibly your QB uh, in the later rounds. So that that's one way. And then uh, Josh Rosen actually he's looking to go third to the Jets, and um, that would be an interesting pick because as, as if you if you follow college football, you know he's been a little outspoken, not only uh, with the paying athletes to play, but some of the political stuff. So yeah, I think he would fit a little bit uh, right in there in uh, with the New York spotlight again baker mayfield is another one um whose name has been has been uh bandied about there in new york everybody's now labeling as broadway broadway uh baker uh baker mayfield so who knows but uh, i think josh rosen with his arm and all that and arm strength the jets have a couple good young wide receivers um and he can he can actually i think fit in there and, and not get consumed being from a 
you know, Southern California where the pressure is kind of high here out here, so not being consumed. The Browns actually also have their fourth pick. They got that from the Houston Texans. So a lot of people there think they'll go defense and add to who they went last year when they got Miles Garrett and also uh, Jabril Peppers so they can add to that young defense. And there, uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, mock drafts have Bradley Chubb, uh, the D-end out of NC State, going there. And, um, again, you could also see the, the, the Browns trading out of that spot, getting some more draft picks later on and letting somebody else pick fourth. But um, it, we'll see. But, again, they're, they're looking to, to pair somebody with Miles Garrett and form kind of like two two ends of there on both ends and rush the quarterback because you do have some you know strong quarterback play there in the, the AFC North. So um, that, that, that would be interesting to see what the Browns do with the fourth pick. The fifth pick, um, again, it all depends what happens in the, in the earlier picks, but looks like the Dolphins, another one that needs a quarterback. They've been kind of hoping that uh, Tannehill last couple of years would be the answer, but he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And then, of course, Matt Moore is, is not the answer. He could be a good backup quarterback. So they're looking to go quarterback. So, again, uh, Baker Mayfield uh, is another one that's being uh, – is another team that, that is being tied to. So um, Miami will go quarterback, but uh, we'll see if Baker Mayfield is available there. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, another one that they're looking for a quarterback. Uh, they got rid of Tyrod Taylor in the offseason. They shipped him out of town. So – they're definitely looking for a quarterback. Maybe not necessarily to come in and play right away, but they need somebody. And so Josh Allen, it looks like, uh, might be going to Buffalo with the sixth pick. So uh, the bad weather shouldn't affect them if he goes to Buffalo, being that he was a quarterback in Wyoming that also has bad weather. So it's um, it's it's definitely a, something to look out for. But again, the Bills may may trade up so uh, to get you know to get somebody else. So it'll, it, they're a team to watch to possibly trade up. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they come in with the 7th pick, and when you think of Tampa Bay again, uh, they still have the the whole, they, they, they're all about defense, so they're looking to go then bolster their secondary and get the kid uh, Derwin James out of Florida State, the defensive back. So um, it would definitely help that defense. Um, it's a unit that it was, was, was scorched last year in the back end, so they definitely need uh, secondary help, so the, uh, Derwin James is a good a good guy to pick up, and he's a Florida guy, so um, he's familiar with, the, with with what's going on there in Florida. So uh, the eighth pick is the Bears. Last year they had they they drafted their quarterback of the future, and a lot of times, uh, you know, quarterbacks' best friends are the offensive line. So um, the kid out of Notre Dame, Quentin Nelson, looking like most mock drafts have him going to the Bears, since most teams ahead of the Bears they don't need an offensive lineman, so they can pair him up, and again they can. Um, they can have somebody to block for Mitch Trubisky for years to come. So if I was Mitch Trubisky, of course, I'm going for this pick. I'm, I'm pulling for this one because I want to be upright, not 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 getting my butt slammed into the ground. So we'll see what the Bears do. And, again, uh, you want to have that running game in December. You want to be able to pound the ball when the weather gets bad, especially in Chicago. So it would be a perfect, a perfect pick for the Bears to pick an offensive lineman there with the eighth pick. Uh, the ninth spot, uh, you got, you know, John Lynch took over. As GM of the, uh, as a G GM of the, of the, 49ers, and of course he was a he's a he's a Hall of Fame defender, so he's been kind of loading up on that. Last year they they ended up getting Reuben Foster, but of course now he's tied up in this legal case where he has three fel felonies, one of them is domestic violence, and John Lynch is on record saying that if he is found guilty they will release him, so they 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 might be losing that linebacker, so they'll need to replace him, so. Uh, they are looking at the linebacker out of Georgia, Roquan Smith. So that'll that'll definitely help. If they do lose Reuben Foster, I don't know exactly when the case is going forward, but um, it looks like it doesn't look too good for him. You know, three, like I said, three of them are felonies. One of them is for striking his girlfriend. And if the law doesn't get him, we know the NFL can come down on him, even if he's not found guilty. So uh, definitely some troubles ahead for, for the 49ers and Reuben Foster. And the 10th the pick are their Bay Area neighbors. And that is the Oakland Raiders, and uh, they're they're again John Gruden. Everybody thinks uh, offense, but he also uh, wants to solidify, bolster the defense, and they're looking at secondary help themselves. And it's Denzel Ward out of out of Ohio State. So that that that's the Raiders. You know, just a couple other um, possible interesting first round picks. Um, you got uh, you know looking around. Uh, Lamar Jackson, the, the the 2017 Heisman Trophy winner, uh, he's, he's, he's being linked to the Arizona Cardinals. 
again, another team that's looking for a quarterback. They lost uh, Carson Palmer due to retirement. So he's definitely um, he's definitely in play there in Arizona. Um, they, they would, you know, Lamar Jackson's an interesting uh, player because, of course, we know he played quarterback in college, but a lot of teams are asking him to try out in uh, for for wide receiver, but he said no, and he's actually being represented by his mom, so he doesn't really have an agent. So both the mom also came out and said that he would not switch to uh, wide receiver. So, but going to 15 in Arizona, that might be a good spot for him to land. So that you know you have that. Um, you got a couple other, you know, a couple other ones. You got wide receiver uh, Calvin Ridley uh, from Alabama. Um, obviously one of their top wide receivers, but going to the Dallas Cowboys, we need to replace Des Bryant. So that, that that's uh, at 19, Calvin really going there. Um, so, you know, you got some, some names to look out for, but you know, a lot can change when, when the draft happens. Some of these teams will maybe will, may move up, may move down. So it, uh, it all depends what, um, what they're looking for, you know, and what, what your team needs. And also, uh, again, um, a lot of times, uh, it's it, especially later, as if you pick late, it's not necessarily at that point what you need, but possibly sometimes it can also be the best player available. So um, sometimes they do that in the first round um, because you don't want you don't want to miss on your first round. And as we've seen in the past, a lot of these teams have whiffed on the, on on their on their first round picks in the past, and. It's kind of the reason why they are where they are. If you look at the top team, the teams that are that are drafting one, two, three, four, uh, basically the top ten. There's a couple of new teams in there because everybody has a bad season, but there's a few teams that have been that have been living in the top ten the last couple of years, and a lot of it has to do with striking out with their first round picks. So um, it's 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 definitely a it's a tough it's a tough one because a lot of these guys too when they go to the combine, everybody falls in love with the stats, they fall in love with the numbers, um, you know, shuttle runs and. It's a lot different. There's, you're not doing those types of things when you get out there on the field. You can't measure heart. You can't measure all that. So, you know, they, they could be a slam dunk case as we've seen in the past. And guy flames out after a year or two. And on the flip side is a guy that nobody thinks about and ends up having a Hall of Fame career. So, you know, we'll, we'll definitely see what what happens. But um, I, I would, you know, everybody's going to be excited on Thursday. Everybody's team, everybody's fan base going to be saying, you know, we're going... We're going to the Super Bowl because of the draft, and which is good. That's what the NFL wants. The NFL does a good job of, of staying relevant, of keeping the fans interested. So, and we're getting close. We're also getting close to training camp, mini camp, and and all that good stuff. So, and then of course we'll have a new season. New, if you play fantasy football, we'll have a new fantasy football season. So, we'll see. We'll see on Saturday. Uh, excuse me, on Thursday. First round is on Thursday, and then we have, uh, I think rounds two and three on Friday, and the rest will be on Saturday. So, that's another thing that stretch it out three days. Because uh, even though everybody knows who's going to go number one, sometimes they still take the full 15 minutes. But so if you're a football fan, sit back, uh, you know, enjoy, uh, enjoy watching, uh, see who your team picks, and uh, it'll be, it'll definitely be um, a great NFL season. So I'll be right back with my final segment. You're listening to G Squared Talking Sports. <laughs> All right, welcome back to my final segment here. Uh, kind of, I don't want to call it a rant or you know anything like that, but kind of like an observation of what I've seen, and uh, especially you know it comes out when the playoffs come, and it doesn't matter what sport. Uh, but it seems like we're caught up nowadays um, on a few things. We're caught up on this era debate, and also uh, we're caught up on the uh, you know who the best player of all time is. You know, with the rankings, top five, and if your player's not in there, we feel disrespected and, you know, quite frankly, it just gets out of hand. But the first thing is error debates. And, you know, I find it, I don't know, maybe it's the older I've gotten and it's, it's just like, I, it's kind of a lost cause as well, as well, because I, I feel sports, there's two things about sports, you know, obviously we we're attached to it because we like the, uh, we, we like the sport and all that. But I think also, uh, we're attached to uh, certain teams or certain sports because it it it, it brings back memories of, of um, certain events that happen while being a sports fan of that team, and and a lot of it for me and for I know for a lot of my friends and a lot of people I know it's it's, uh, it's our childhood memories and and that's who are like if you look at our list who they're comp- comprised of so 
And uh, of course now, you know, if you ask, uh, I'm a teacher, if you ask my students, their list is going to be all the new guys. They forget about the, the old guys. And it's just, um, you know, we, we have players that could have played in any generation. But uh, we also forget that you have uh, the rules change. And obviously players have gotten bigger, faster, and stronger. But yeah, definitely you, you have the rules, the rules changing. Uh, you know, everybody forgets that in the 80s it was kind of a free-flowing game. Um, but then, you know, you did have, uh, you, you, the 80s had, had its own issues. But it was more, just like I said, a free-flowing game. Then you hit the 90s and Pat Riley going over to the Knicks. And kind of instilling not not this bully ball, but kind of just this tough, gritty defense, which which was what New York represented. But um, but for television, it was it was bad. So you know, you had games ending seventy to sixty eight, uh, eighty to seventy eight, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't fun to watch on television, and especially in, in the stands. And so what they do, they got rid of a, a lot of those rules, and one of the main rules they got rid of was hand checking. And also they, they opened up they opened it up for the offense. Anytime there is not enough scoring, obviously the rules the rules and everything will be slanted towards the offense. Vice versa, if let's say the scores get out of hand, it becomes more of like a video game like the all-star game, then you would see maybe some of the rules going back towards the defense to bring back the scoring. So that that has something to do with it. So I, I don't wanna say, you know, that you you take like a player that I would say like Larry Bird. You take a player like Larry Bird. I feel he could play in today's NBA, even though, yes, you're you're going off of what he looks like and all that. But it's just certain guys know how to play the game. Vice versa, you know, you take like a player now, LeBron James, obviously could play in any era, just with that size alone. But he also he knows how to play the game. Um, but but again, and you also have other players that that are perfect for this era that um, that belong in this era, like a Steph Curry, because you put Steph Curry in the '80s. And we don't hear about Steph Curry because driving the lane, he would have been he would have been hit a few times, broken in half almost. If you've seen some of the videos of guys driving the lane, um, and his game wouldn't have been as effective because you could hand check. Uh, he was he would have been he would have been one of the smaller guards even even in that time. So it it would have been you know try to try to get to the basket. Way different times, you know. If you can hand check a person, you can almost like dictate where you want him to go on the defensive end if you're hand checking him if you're stronger than the guy so you know does 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 he struggle is he a product of obviously being born at the right time vice versa you got other guys that were born they were born 20 years too early so you know they they're 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 around and their career was good but if you put them in today's nba like i mean you got some of these shooters that you know you put in today's nba who knows who knows what they would be like like a dennis scott he had a great nba career but imagine him with this free-flowing offense on a Houston, just just knocking down open open jumpers, or you know, like a Dale Ellis, again another great great three-point shooter. But unless you unless you're a basketball you know encyclopedia like me, you forget these guys because again, a lot of these young guys, a lot of these young fans, it's all about today's NBA and what what they're doing. But you know, you imagine that. But a lot of these great shooters, they get they get lost because these shooters now are putting up these astronomical numbers again. The three-point shot has also uh, been, been 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 valued more. Uh, back in the '80s, back in the '90s, teams shot three-pointers, but it wasn't it wasn't a built-in part of the offense. It was it wasn't like uh, we're going to shoot 33 pointers a game and open up the game and spread out the floor. But uh, now it is. So again, uh, what what kind of offense uh, you know would 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 a Steph Curry fit in or some of these shooters uh, fit in today? But I'm again. I I love to get because sports is great, but you're you're not gonna change someone's opinion. You're not gonna change their opinion, uh, whether they like a player or not. No matter what you say, if they they feel they're number one, like for example, I feel Magic Johnson's the greatest player of all time. I know right now I'm getting yelled. You know, a lot of people would say, "No way, you're crazy." Uh, they're they're always gonna go to Michael Jordan if you're if you're my gener if you're if you're my generation or a little bit older, or if you go today's generation, they're always gonna jump to LeBron James. I mean, those are the two names you hear about, but. I think Magic Johnson, again, partly it could be because it's tied to my childhood, but I see a player that played all five positions. I see a player that, uh, you know, uh, was, was played at the high, you know, top high level for many years. And uh, so, again, that that's my opinion. Now, would you go wrong by having a Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Of course not. But I feel Magic Johnson and somebody else is going to be LeBron. I'm not going to change that guy's opinion or, or that, that gal's opinion. They're not going to change my opinion. So... These these era debates is is, is kind of you know it, it it's fun but 
I think you know for people to say that uh, today today's NBA is good, but then again, I see a lot of other things that in today's NBA that they're bigger, faster, stronger. But I see footwork that's terrible. I see fundamentals that's terrible. And as a basketball coach, that that's important, you know, because it's it's and I see it trickle down to the youth that. Yeah, like maybe the game back then wasn't as exciting, but they played basketball. That's what the end of the day. It's basketball. It's not. It's not entertainment. I feel sometimes, um, especially uh, nowadays with all YouTube and all that, we we care more about the, like, the play, but not necessarily the result. Because sometimes I'll be in a gym, guy crosses the guy over, gym goes crazy, but the guy handling the ball will then not go anywhere or doesn't do a basketball move and. But he'll put that on YouTube because it's all about getting the likes and all that. But it's about playing basketball. So, again, you know, I'm, I mean, I see guys in the NBA, like, doing a, uh, you know, a two-step hop and James Harden traveling on his three-pointers and in, in, in the NBA not calling. I mean, clear, clear travels. LeBron actually getting an inbounds pass and walking with the ball, taking four steps up the court before he dribbles it. So, you know, th- there's good and bad. Because I do believe what we're seeing now is the athleticism and the – and all that is 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 amazing, and 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 I and I love it. But um, I'm, we're also seeing, I believe, also the product of this AAU culture where it was play, 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 and let's not focus on getting better necessarily as a player. We'll just go out there and play. We want to showcase. And those games, there was really no, there's no uh, real offense being run, or for for the most part. And then once they, you know, once the game ends, they go right to another game, so they don't have time to process what they did wrong. Maybe in one game, go work on it. Um, so you're seeing that you see fundamentals, but that's why I also believe you see you're seeing in like an influx of uh, of European players also coming over because if you look at the European players, uh, th- they are more fundamentally sound sometimes than than the American players because um, we 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 tend to lose facts and also a lot of these European players which we 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 forget they come from these academies that since they were young kids they they basically go to go to play basketball in school is not necessarily secondary, but they're there to play basketball. So, so it's different. So uh, again, and we're, we're also so quick to put people in the hall of fame. Now, you know, guy has one or two good years and everybody's like, Oh, he's the greatest of all time and, and all this. But I do believe also a lot of it is a product of marketing and, and because let's flip, let's just flip the careers and let's put, let's put LeBron James uh, in the fifties and the sixties when Bill Russell was playing and let's put Bill Russell now, and same careers, but let's let's you know let's just flip it. Um, we would know about LeBron James, but like everybody knows about Bill Russell, but he's kind of discounted as the greatest player of all time, even though he's got eleven championships. But imagine Bill Russell in today's, in today's social media days, where everybody's just you know so quick to point him out, you know everybody's the goat and all that. Eleven championships. I mean, would he not now necessarily be the greatest of all time? So. We don't know that, but I, I do believe that that changes the perspective. The same thing with uh, with Michael Jordan. He caught he caught the first wave of this television um, wave and and having the NBA constantly on television. But who who created that? That was Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. They saved the NBA. Uh, in you know early '80s, the NBA was uh, the finals were on tape delay, and they showed it like 11 o'clock at night. You know after like uh, uh, Charlie Brown. You know. Uh, Thanksgiving or you know uh, summer special or whatever they would show the NBA finals and here comes Magic and Larry and they save the NBA and then you know these big big television contracts big marketing deals with shoe companies and before it used to be like Chuck Taylor's basically whatever shoes and then you know Converse came along and then of course Air Jordan so I believe also Michael Jordan was the first heavily marketed player um, where, where a lot of people you know especially the older we're getting uh, a lot of people would know more as like Again, the shoes than the basketball players. So, you, let's flip it around. You take, you know, you, you take uh, Elgin Baylor, who a lot of people don't know much about his career because he's another one of these guys that played way before big time television and all that. But Elgin Baylor was doing things Michael Jordan was doing, you know, being the high flyer. We, there was always somebody before Michael Jordan, somebody before Kobe Bryant, you know, and all this stuff, or before, uh, you know, Elgin Baylor and. But we forget Elgin Baylor putting up 60 points in a playoff game, you know, playing for the Lakers, uh, both Minneapolis and in Los Angeles. So everybody said he was the, the you know the first original scorer. We, we've had some scores in the past that could score, you know, like like Michael Jordan, they defended and all that. So 
again, we but we don't we don't hear about Elgin Baylor because he played in a time where, you know, black and white television and all that. So, I I think, again, have these debates, have fun with it, but don't be upset if your player's not in the top five or or if somebody says, hey, I don't think LeBron James is the greatest of all time. Like, that that doesn't mean I hate the guy, and that's another thing. Like, saying somebody's not the greatest of all time doesn't mean that you're not being a hater. You know, like, like I, I never get it. And part of it also, the rivalry. I, you know, we don't have to like everybody. I I grew up at a, I grew up in the 80s when it was the Lakers-Celtics. And to this day, I will not wear it green because of the Celtics, because of the rivalry. However, as a basketball fan, when I say the names Larry Bird and, you know, Kevin McHale, I'll always say, man, I hated those guys, but I respect the, the heck out of them because they're great basketball players. And not only that, they provided great basketball for me. You know, obviously they were a great rival to the Lakers. But you asked that same thing to a Celtic fan. So that's the thing about sports. It's like, you know, you nowadays, though, you have to like everybody. No, like, that's not what sports is about either. I want to see those days again where you have natural rivalries. Not these, you know, made-up rivalries where it's more on television. I want to see, you know, because that's also the way they market it. It's they're marketing individuals. That's why, you know, kids now, young people, they like individuals. Like next year, if LeBron comes to LA, you're gonna have everybody's gonna be a Laker fan now, which is not existing now. So it's more of you know, kids like or people like the the, the players. And in basketball, is a team sport. So, oh well. But you know, that that's my <laughs> that was a rant. I apologize. I went off on there, but. Well, you know, let me know what you think. Uh, leave me an audio message or leave me, you know, a message. Uh, if you get a chance, go ahead on iTunes and subscribe and like and give me a review. Let me know what you think. And um, thanks again for uh, listening to G Square Talking Sports. And uh, you have yourself a good night. <laughs>